Welcome to Clark Lane. I'm Mick Jones, director and cinematographer at Filthy Look Films, and this is a podcast where we talk about all things filmmaking. All right, episode two. Here we go. We've got a full house today. Is, it, is that an analog keyboard? The intro. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Loving digging the retro vibes. It's very retro. Good stuff. We've got five of us on the panel today. Um, Glenn Majuri, who is the manager of a rental house in Sydney called Digital Logic. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We've got Linda Ong, who's a cinematographer and producer. Hey, how's it going? Simon Collodin, cinematographer. Hello. And on the line from somewhere else in the world, Jason Wingrove, director and cinematographer. Hi, Jace. Hello. International <laughs> man of mystery. You've got to pay $5 a minute to listen to his voice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And did Welcome. You, Mick, did you intro yourself? Uh, in take the, me back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I intro oh, okay, myself cool. in, while the music was playing. I was, just, I was so caught up in the music. Who are you, Tricky? Tricky Mickey? Yep. Um, so it's been, now we are post IBC camera announcements where there was just loads of new gear and there's, you know, we're, we talked about on the last episode that we're at this point where, as you said, Jace, we're at sort of peak camera where things are really sort of gone to the next level after a few years of kind of plateau. Nothing. Um, yeah. And the big sort of one that we hadn't touched on last week, and I'm sure now we'll compare it to cameras that we touched on, uh, last week was the, the details that were officially announced of the Sony FX9, their full-frame uh, offering to sort of go head-to-head with the Canon C500. Mm. And, Jace, I know that um, being an, uh, a long-time FS7 user, you must have a few opinions or, or thoughts on that new camera. Look, if it was in a vacuum and it was the only camera launch and the only option out there, I, yeah, I probably would, apart from maybe one gotcha, I'd probably be really interested in it. Um, it improved a lot of things, I believe. Well, obviously, we really only have specs, you know, and, and very limited sort of web videos to, to go on at the moment. It's pretty early days. The proof, obviously, will be in the pudding. But, um, yeah, it, look, it, it ticks a, a lot of boxes of, of issues possibly that I've had in the past. I've been strugg- not struggling, but I've been using... Um, speed booster and you know being a full frame or a full frame look addict uh, for forever and I literally cannot shoot Super 35 anymore I just can't do it I just find it boring it just puts me to sleep um, even with the nicest sharpest shallowest, shallowest depth to me personally when you're all trying to make a look that stands out against other people you know or a look that stands out against just regular drama um, yeah Super 35 for me just doesn't cut it so well, it's one of those uh, things. Frame, Once you go there, you can't was, uh, go back. Do you feel like that yeah, looks? Uh, no, absolutely. No, I haven't. Absolutely. So all I've been doing. Uh, so it would be lovely to remove that sort of little optic path of the speed booster um, and all the sort of you know adapters and mounts that I have to use it. Uh, it's working really well. I've never really noticed too much lacking in sharpness. No one's ever complained about it. I don't battle sharpness or chromatic aberration on a daily basis. It's always been fine, but it's just been nice to have. You know, just that, just that extra level of clunkiness, I suppose, removed. Um, the, I suppose, and Mick and I, we've obviously com- talked about this uh, offline many times. The Sony Color Science and the menus, and there's a lot of stuff that has, seems to, arguably, even though as much as they pitch this camera as being a um, 
uh, Venice colour science and, you know, the Venice look. Uh, it's all sort of somewhat in inverted commas. I think even though obviously it's a new centre, it is, mm, mm, let's say probably they found that they've sort of struck sort of gold with, with a lot of creative people with Venice. It's on a lot of projects worldwide. People do love the Venice look. It is definitely, uh, obviously they've done some great cameras in the past, but I think now given more time for this to simmer away, the Venice itself is a worthy and is rapidly gaining traction as a worthy competitor to Alexa and the Alexa family. It seemed so to take a while for that, I think. It, it, you know, it's, it, but like you well, said, Venice I've seen a new. lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Venice um, is new. Just go, just go and look at how many versions of the Alexa there is. It's like it's mm. a dizzying, mm. it's, a, it's a dizzying history to get to where they are with their new cameras. But, um, uh, the point I was making was I think what they've done is done a Venice emulation, mm. I guess. It's the same menu system. You know, we don't have some new, we don't have some incredible new um, rebirth of, of Sony's menu system. It's, you know, there's a lot of obviously previous un, previous unit users in uh, other fields other than, you know, high-end cinematography who use these things probably way more than, than the higher end people so um, it would be I guess from a marketing point of view it would make a little bit wouldn't make much sense to rock that boat too much considering this this isn't designed to be a higher end um, this is not really filling the gap I guess between I suppose it is filling the gap between Venice and FX, FS7 but it's probably more eventually I guess yes they're going to probably keep the FS7 Mark II in there um, actually, I think there's even price reductions today yes. this week on FS7. Yeah, really? um, yeah. FS7 Mark One, but it's but it's not a baby mm. Venice. Mm. It's more it's more a higher end FX FS7 than a baby Venice. So mm. it's it's more on that fa- in that family. It's definitely there's a, a real division in in there, and I'm sure within you know the engineers are probably completely different engineers, completely different system, completely different buildings, completely different people, marketing teams, everything between. FS7 and that sort of family and, you know, the mm. higher end, um, the higher end stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd it, say it's, it's pitched at a different market, but using the popularity of the Venice sort of, it, it gets dropped in name dropped every time they, they mention the FX9. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm sure the color temp, I'm sure the color science, or the look has, has improved, which it definitely for me needed to. I was constantly battling with battling with sort of greens and blues and sort of, you know, trying to sort of undo a sort of a weird clunky thing in the sort of greens and things often. Um, so I'm sure that has been sorted, um, but you're still left with uh, a menu system, which is like, it's one of those things like a pile of Jenga, like literally if it's, oh my God, just do not, if, if it's not falling over, just leave it. Don't touch it. Yeah. Don't change a thing. Don't upgrade firmware. Don't do anything to it. It's working. It's okay. No one's complaining. Let's just do it. And you kind of, you know, it shouldn't really have to live like that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, a software update comes out. You should be able to, you know, take, you know, if there's some great sort of, you know, if there's an interesting upgrade in there that you'd love to take advantage of, you shouldn't have to panic about, you know, uptaking it in case, in case, you know, that the, the Jenga pile is going to fall over. So, it's one. It's it's one of those things that everyone's kind of. It's become a, a real workhorse of a camera. Everyone's obviously used to it. Everyone has the same sort of 
niggling aggravations with it. And I wanted to throw this to you, Glenn, Mm. as a rental house. um, Obviously, they're a pretty popular camera that get asked for a lot. What sort of sevens? Yeah, and what's your take on that? And, and the FX9, how would that look to you from a rental? You, you must get a broad spectrum of people wanting to rent. Yeah, the big problem we had when we first got the F55 was everyone said it looked like video. And I think they've come a long way from that. Mm. I don't even think it looked like video, but everyone freaked out. They said the colours of Sony, not so good. Uh, the FS7 has been an absolute monster in the rental game. So the FX9 is a no-brainer for us. Mm. And what do you think in terms of like the, the features of it compared to it that you've seen so far? Loving the autofocus. Yeah. I'm loving the plug and play aspects of it. Um, I'm not so sure about the uh, gyro stabilization. Um, yeah. It's in post, isn't it? You've got yeah, to fix so it in post? Yeah. So I think the um, there's a sensor in the camera that yeah. um, detects your movements or yeah. something like that. And then in post, you feed the, the, the file feeds that information. Yeah to the uh, your post-production software. Like in post. the metadata of the actual yeah, yeah. video file. Yeah, like yeah. A guide, oh, okay. yeah, a guide file that then helps uh, you sort of reverse stabilise or cr- add movement yeah. to your yeah, right. video track that then will un- un- unwobble. Mm. It feels like a bit of a, a tacked-on um, yeah. feature, yeah. Last feature minute. Uh, last minute <laughs> potentially, that, uh, given that Canon, Canon has the their 5-axis yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> soft- software stabilisation in camera. It, it'll be great. If is people adopt it, if the software is there, if if the software can cope with it, if you can do it, if it'll literally in the real world, if you know Premiere or whatever, you know, if the the resolve, I guess, if they can all work with the software, mm. or work with those files, then then yeah, cool. It's it's, it's a tool that there mm. might get this, you out of a. Is the C five hundred the same? Is it fixed in post? It, it's got no. a it's got a in camera yep. mm. digital. Five-axis stabilization. So you get it to the editing yeah, suite. It's, it's already it's there. So okay. it obviously, you can turn it on, on, and off in camera, but it's it's in camera. Yeah. Um, and graduation's there, I think. Can't you, Simon? I think can't you tell it what lens you're on, and it'll or it'll. I'm, detect I'm, lens I'm assuming you probably yeah, can I heard control that. the oh, it, like cool. the power and in increments and stuff, oh. just like you can with the autofocus. And so, um, from from a rental point of view, if I'm going to buy one of the cameras, which one should I buy, Mick? <laughs> the well, FX9 or the C500. The problem with ooh, the C500 yeah. is I found the C500 Mark One that dog's breakfast, no, that, and it did not rent. That at was all. not a popular camera no. in any way, and mm. we knew that when it came out. When it came out, we just thought, "What so is, is what the is name?" This tarnished thing? a bit. I, I suggested that before it was announced, but mm. um, given the reception and given the features, I think it's going to be an absolute Everyone's success. On board. Everyone's on board. The yeah. first C500, no I one agree. was on board. Yeah. It did the same internal codec as a C300. And the only way to get anything out of it was ex- uh, plugging in these um, external recorders to, sh- to record raw. Yeah, it was overpriced and it was frankly how much was it? Ridiculous. Do you I don't know, thirty thousand. Oh, pounds. really? It, w- it was a joke, and wow. without any external recorders, it just yeah. did the same f- uh, footage as a C three hundred. Yeah, that's, right. a, that's a great that's camera. Right. But then you I have such a vague memory of it. I think it, it was, was just a such bomb. a blip. It was such a little blip. And I don't know why. That, I don't think they should have called it the C500 Mark yeah, II. I think they you're probably right. The yes. Or something completely different. Something different. Mm. But, yeah. but, but they did and that's okay. Everyone seems to be on board. Um, I hope the more popular camera is the Canon. Um, why? Why do you hope that? I just find them easy to work with. They, they are nice cameras. I, I would like to get one and I'd like that camera to be... In, more Are you going to buy a C500? That, that, uh, potentially, yeah, potentially. We'll see. Maybe the FX9, we'll see. Yeah. I, 
I hold judgment until we see more footage. Yeah. I want to find out what you're going to buy and then I'll buy the opposite and rent it yeah. to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, long time Sony user now and I'm looking at, you know, waiting till what uh, came out with the official specs of the FX9 and I, I would be hands down getting, if I was getting to choose out of those cameras, mm. personally I'd go for the Canon because I think it's got, just more versatility to it and it's smaller and, and lighter i think and just i find mm. them just much simpler to use and the color uh really good on mm. them yeah Lin- oh, linda a few times you've shot with the fs7 and, and i feel like you like like me mm. sometimes i pull my hair out a little bit mm. with the fx7 like it's just why is I, that I, I, especially with the mark one I, I found the menus to be very slow yeah, and right. it was just i found it very fiddly to use i think it's a great camera you can get great footage but every time i picked up a canon C one hundred or C three hundred. I um I just it was a pleasure to use. Yes, yeah. and, I totally agree. Um, just yeah. just I don't know, easy to deal with. I, I mean, did like the just the better. form factor of it. Mm. Um, the two different form factors between the Sony FS seven and the C say C one hundred, which is what I use use a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, very 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 different mm. handling, mm. and I feel I felt like with the Sony, I was fighting with it mm. more so than working with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. In terms of one my, other thing, that, sorry, Jace, go on. My gotcha for the FX, I gave back to the long-winded answer that I never gave you, Mick, was um, we later found out that there is no anamorphic modes for the FX9. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, that's and that is something that I do want to look into. Um, that's I'm, I'm into the full frame for its ability to have shallow depth and obviously the part of the beautiful look and the beauty of anamorphic is in the bokeh and you get bokeh with having shallow and you have it you get it with having large sensor and you get it with making the most out of a out of a larger and ideally taller sensor mm. um, so yeah that is that was the nail unfortunately mm. If I hadn't been wanting to consider moving forward or occasionally just rent, own or just continue occasionally rent anamorphics, uh, I, I, I would probably, it would still be on the shopping list, but mm. no, done. Do you, think that's some, do you think that's something that they'll add later for, a, you know, like a $4,000 upgrade or something? Well, it's, it's <laughs> definitely one of those kind of cock blocking things where literally we are going to, we are going to stop, we are not going to let give you that option. Mm. It's, it's mm. just, it's simply, it's a software, it's a software. Yeah, it's not it's even standard on the Venice. Yeah. It's a paid upgrade on the Venice, so I can't see him just pump it. I mean, it's, who knows? It's funny. It's well, you can offend a whole bunch of Venice people if you give the lower com- mm. the lower camera with a sword. It's not. It's not actually the same sensor. Obviously, it's yeah. not the same yeah. size yeah. sensor. Yeah. It's cal- you know. So there are differences, but yes, if you if you charge uh, Venice owners, I don't know what how much for the anamorphic option. And the license, which I completely disagree, by the way, with mm. all of that that mentality of charging mm. people licenses. Yeah, that is just that is just I hate all of that. And obviously, it's been going. Ari do it, of course. Everyone mm. plays that game, but I find it quite disgusting that literally you're you're staring at a camera that has all this functionality, but you have to pay for someone to switch on the bits, mm. someone to give you the right code to, mm. to let it do it. Well, I just it, the latest find that just Ari objectionable. Doesn't do it. The LF has everything open right no, no license well, that is required. that is impressive mm. but yes if you if you give free anamorphic to fx9 owners but you charge people who are spending much much more mm. for for a venice uh then probably yes they've got themselves a little bit of a marking problem and it's better yeah. i guess to just deny the cheap seats and uh give it you know they kind of did how it many people how many people in fx9 i probably am in a very extreme 
you know, a case that are probably a very minor amount of people are actually going to want to do that. So it's probably mm. just my problem only. Oh, I, I think uh, it's going to be a very big problem for lots of people. Yeah, I th- feel like it's going to be popular. Yeah. But I feel um, like Sony did, like, remember when the F5 came out, it didn't do 4K. Yeah, it, it was a paid upgrade. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Someone actually hacked it yeah. before yeah, um, right. Sony yep. uh, released it. And then eventually Sony did release it. And it, 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 yeah. it was a, one of the most popular 4K cameras out there. And f- yeah, but that was because they had maybe no one had ever said it was a paid upgrade thing. It was mm. a software. Until that time, we everyone presumed you were literally paying for a completely different camera. You were paying for different internals, higher, mm. you know, mm. you know, a, a better grade of camera. And mm. basically, that hack came out, and everyone got hang on us. Second, mm-hmm. <laughs> the di- difference was the uh, the sensor was a global shutter on the F55, and the one reason that I bought that camera was we needed 4K for VFX green screen mm. post production, and it it would have been the F5 mm. would have been the choice mm. uh, if that we knew that was going to do 4K, but that might have just been because nobody found out the hack to turn on global shutting on the F5. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. probably. Nick was right. one of the first in Australia with the F55. So. Yeah, it was pretty early days. What, what like, happened with the global shutter? Because you don't hear it anymore. Is everything just global shutter now? No, no, no. 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 Uh, so uh, how come you no, don't hear no, it anymore? Not at all. No, I don't know. It's no, I mean, I think everything's getting a little bit better. I suppose perhaps the perhaps the refresh rate's getting a little bit better. I mean, Ari still have. I remember they still have a studio version. Obviously yeah, there is, there the, is one with a global shutter. The studio um, is that, that yeah, yeah, studio. Um, and then uh, a Black Magic has a global shutter. F fifty five. What else? In fact, there was a global. There was a a studio, Alexa Studio for sale, secondhand. I saw this week for. 15 or something? Six, 16 grand, but I looked closely. Yeah. It was 16, oh, 16 grand US. US. 20, it uh, was 23. Still, 23. Something, yeah, 23 still, plus JC. That's a beautiful optical viewfinder. Yeah. It's got the yeah. rotating shutter. Yeah. And, you know, it's a beautiful, bad. A beautiful, heavy, a beautiful piece heavy of kit. machine. <laughs> but um, maybe we should talk about the thing that Sony is selling the FX9 as a Venice uh, lookalike is the new color profile. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about next. So a lot of the footage that they've or only the only footage we've seen out of it mm. is with this new third color or whatever it is, however many color options called S Cinetone. Cinetone, which is there. We this the we've learnt from the Venice and we've implant, implemented this new color profile called S Cinetone, mm. and it looks great out of the box. So all the footage we've seen is ungraded and it's basically a look profile. So it's not an S log no. uh, profile or a Cine gamut. It's actually a a profile that emulates pulling the dynamic range of S-Log mm. in and spitting it out as kind of, I guess, a low con- lower contrast Rec. Yeah. 709. I have to say, I think it, from some of the footage I've seen, it, the colours look really good to me. It, yeah. It really look, nice. It looks really good, but I, it's... And I like the idea of having a, you know, a, a nice baked-in profile. It's an sometimes. interesting thing. Is this going to be another trend? We're going auto-focus, we're going baked-in looks. Is this sort of... Just going back to stabilization. People want to just hand off things and not have it mucked around. There are post so many or? jobs that w- people just don't know how to deal with. They don't. Yeah. Um, but I just wonder how many of the other gotchas that they've fixed, though. How mm. many? You know, because my I have, and the more I thought about, it, I have lots of little gotchas with the FS uh, FS Seven. I just you know had clients kind of like you know complaining a little bit yesterday on a shoot that I was. We were playing back, and they go, "Oh, it's all what happened. It doesn't look any good." On playback, and go, "Yeah, there's no LUTs on playback. Oh, and if you oh. do slow mo, there's no LUTs on there's LUTs on slow mo. Oh, if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend an entire day doing um, 
you know, doing slow-mo or just off-speed stuff, you know, everything looks flat. Yes, mm-hmm. I can put the LUT on, 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 on some of my monitors, but actually I have a, a quite nice, quite expensive production monitor for client, which is Sony, but I can't put any LUTs on that. Yep. So, yeah. You know, yeah. and then sometimes you want, if you have, if you don't put the LUTs on, sometimes if, you, if you're toggling in and out, you, want, you don't want to have someone go and run over and switch a LUT on just for a, for a playing back one mm-hmm. take and then turn it off again or, or turn it on for those two shots that you sh- you shoot over, over speed. So how do, so, how do you, know, you explain that's to the me, Little things like that. You know, I mean, every camera manufacturer does that. Yeah. Canon's notorious for doing something weird with their camera every time, 99% perfection and then just one incredible, like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, of course. You know? well, I asked in one of the forums, was this problem fixed? Nothing. I haven't heard anything officially from Sony, but other people have had sort of piled on and said, "Oh, that problem doesn't exist in the FX9 now." So, but that remains to be seen, I guess. Mm-hmm. You talking about the LUT thing? Yeah, the LUT thing. They're saying oh, that okay. some people are saying that that's been addressed, whether it's at launch or whether it's we're thinking about it. I don't know. Um, hmm. Well, maybe they'll decide to switch on the anamorphic mode the day after I order a Alexa <laughs> Mini. <at LL. laughs> That, that's that's how it goes. That's how it goes. But the um, the other thing well, that would be good. interesting about that um, baked in look um, is we've only seen it in a controlled lit environment. It's like how do these things behave when you've got a ho- really high dynamic range scene? Is it really any good for that, or are you sort of then back to standard gammas and mm. and stuff like that? So it's still you know we need to have a, have a look yeah. at it. But I'd say just on on what I've seen of these videos, I'm, I'm really leaning towards that. C5 the noise and all that stuff. And which weird, weirdly, you know, one of the things I didn't, I didn't order with my FS7 is the extension unit because it was a bit sort of clunky. But congratulations, Sony. You've managed to make it, it take it clunky and then take it to a whole new level of clunky. <laughs> what the hell? That extension unit, I it's first ridiculous. read about it. I thought, oh, awesome, you can get the a dual, you know, dual uh, digital audio receiver and drop that in there, which is fantastic, rather than Velcroing stuff all over the sides of the camera. But, man, I don't know how they've made stuff that has integrated things look like it's so unintegrated. Yeah. It literally... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How, it looks, how, it so looks like it looks it? like a child with an adult's backpack on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how is it that you can get raw out of an FS five body without any extension? Yet for the FS seven, FS seven Mark two, and and FX nine, you need this giant Behemoth. backpack to get raw yeah. out of it. It doesn't make any sense. It's so ridiculous. I don't know what Sony yeah. was thinking, but maybe they weren't thinking. And then I'm know. sure they'll still sell them in, as you say, Glenn. You know, be perfect for for the rental stuff. A lot of people who use these things are multicam mm. stuff, reality TV, yep. multicam doco. Um, who literally number of people I see out of the. I mean, mine is just like up optioned to the wazoo. It's unrecognizable from mm. its former self. But number of people who literally just want them run and gun, pull them out of the box, put the little handled hand grip on it put an autofocus lens on it and just, just turn it on and just put the little battery inside and just shoot, you know, mm-hmm. that, 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 and that, and they're happy. That's what it's designed for, for 75% of people. It was designed to do, just take it out of the box and go shoot a wedding. Get the mm. servo zoom and you're off and running. Yeah. Is, is, is autofocus something anyone here would be keen to use? 
Yes, 100%. Yes. Yeah, 100%. yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's people, people complain like, oh, you, you know, get a focus point. And, and that's, yeah, that's great well, for a lot of things. That's sure. good. But there are some jobs where you just, you don't have the budget. You don't have that, the budget. You don't, you don't have, have the option. Yeah. The circumstance that you, you could be shooting in a car or whatever and mm. you can't have a bloody assistant sitting there, you know, hunched yeah. in the back or some shit. Yeah. Like yeah. I always have a human doing it. But, yes, there's definitely. It's just time is definitely all certain there's jobs. Sometimes. Yeah. Especially with some of the humans, sometimes I think, oh dear God, <laughs> and I shoot really shallow. So yeah. sometimes, mm. you know, what yeah. I'm trying to ask is sometimes mm. a little bit hard even for a professional human to, to do it. Mm. But yeah, it would be exactly like mm. exactly that, Linda, in, in a car or whatever, yeah. where you just want to, where you can't really have somebody remote focus, mm. you know, or have their hand on the camera and you just want to do run and gun, yeah. but you don't want to have to worry about it. Yeah. So I think some of the tests they've published, I've seen some tests. Oh, have you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they look looks fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. on a gimbal, yeah, a tracking oh, shot on a gimbal. Okay. If you were doing a walk and talk with mm. A, mm. a like a two hander, and you're walking backwards, and mm. you're on the gimbal, and it's going to lock onto their faces, and mm. that's I could see that being pretty. Yeah, handy but from well. what I hear, it's, uh, it's spot on. The autofocus is, is is similar to the Sony A9, yeah, and which is meant to be pretty good, but they say not as good as Canon's uh, dual pixel autofocus, okay. which I've used, and it's it's. Pretty brilliant. It's, mm. it's really good. Mm. And the other problem with the Sony is you need, na- I, w- I would assume you need native e mount glass for it to be auto focus, yeah. which I'd never use. Okay. I'd always yeah, use right. Canon. And it always works better with the Sony or specific lenses. You know, every time you go sort of off off the reservation, mm. you always end up, you know, oh, it's not as fast. It's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, and th- these are traditionally with the stills, with the A7s and all those things. Autofocus is the thing that evolves with firmware all the time. You go, oh, great, new firmware's out. Oh, fixes autofocus with yeah. the Canon, with the Sony, mm-hmm. something, 1635. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. That's the only fix. Mm-hmm. And they always, you know, slowly improve the speed here and there of, of autofocus. That seems to be the mm-hmm. one thing that seems to be hard to nail and hard to nail across multiple lenses mm-hmm. and all with adapters as well. So yeah. you put an adapter on stuff, it just, yeah. Yeah, that's over. You can't. It is. It is. um, I find anyway a a little bit. um, Just trying to get used to it. Actually, that we've got autofocus. Sometimes I actually forget that I've got autofocus on some of the cameras that we've got, and just remembering that we've got it on video mode. (laughs) I I, I go between (laughs) switching it off and on. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I can't. I don't want this right now. It's not doing what I want it to do. Yeah. Let me do it. Let the focus puller do it. But the the FX9 hasn't got a touch. You can't touch the person's I face. Know. I don't no. think it does. So. You've actually got to move the you got a little, little toggle yeah. and select the face. Mm-hmm. See, okay. to me, that's, yeah. that's yeah. yeah, they put the toggle on this and that's yeah, yeah. and you have to use the yeah. you know, the little hand hand grip. Mm. Yeah, oh, that, of course. That's a little that. bit actually that would have been annoying. good. Look put a little toggle well, you don't on have to the use body. Hand grip, but that's is, there, is, there, is yeah. there a toggle on the body of the FX nine? That would have been that would have been handy. Yeah, I'm sure you can do you're not you're not restricted to having the toggle, but that's partly right, what they Mm. And then the C five hundred has a touchscreen. It does, and a new one, I believe. Yeah, it's slightly yeah. bigger, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's also got the uh, interchangeable uh, mounts. We were talking mm. about this before. Yeah. From a rental point of view, um, I need to be able to change the mounts, mm. but it has got the the shims. It uses the shims, yeah, which I don't like. Yeah, it's the extra 
I, well, I quite well, like the, 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 this is the thing. As soon as shims are involved, I'm, I'm thinking the, the, the fucking focus is gonna be like what? <laughs> you, can, you know. Sorry, can I just ask what a shim is? I've never changed mounts before. Slice of plastic, it's, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I'm not going to be very good at explaining. It's like this. a tiny spacer that lets you when you screw yeah. the mount in, yeah. it'll it'll screw it in like to you know a tiny, tiny umpteenth yeah. of a millimeter. We had them on the uh, the CP2s, which ran out a lot, and we'd change manual the mount back on. focus. Correction, mm. I guess, when you change it very mounts. tiny little thin sheets of, of metal to space out the, mm. make right. it, you know, basically to make match, you know, okay. make the, the mount match the body mounts. correctly as it would have if it was out of the factory. Different okay. mounts cause the lenses to. Uh-huh. To be uh, fair with this comparison that we're making here, the FX9 and the CPI 500, there is a price difference. Yep. Yeah. 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 Is it considerable? What is it? Four or five grand US for, what is it? Is it? I thought it was more than that. I think it's a bit well, more. Well, the, the FX9, as far as I understand, is 11,000 US. And this is 16. And this is 16,000. Okay. Oh, that's 5K. 5K okay. difference. 5K, mm, okay. 5K yeah. difference and yeah. then translates yeah. that to US. What's 5K US to Australian? That's $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> With a dollar that's <laughs> happening at the moment. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's a, a $7,000. It's almost, you can buy an almost a FX, a F, a FS7 Mark One with that. Yes. So mm. it, it is considerable. Yeah. Mm. yeah well, but a new FS7, a new, the FS7 just dropped down to, mm. I think, five grand US yeah. Yeah. today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a that's yeah. good, lot of bang for your buck on that. Mm. And the thing with those, um, going back to the shims and the, and the interchangeable lens mounts, is they really are promoting it as a usable, changeable thing in the field, takes only a minute. Like if there's shims involved, because you're going to be like, there could be a bit of faffing. I mean, is it really just as simple as going, well, there's a specific shim for whatever type of lens you're going to put on? I just can't imagine why you'd be, I mean, let's not change these in the field. No. (laughs) They do advertise it that way. Well, Well, I think there's only two shims. At least you don't have to send it to Canon to get it done. Exactly. Every other camera. Yeah. Look, that's still a win. I think it's still a win that you can change, you can change these mounts. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Is there a Canon? Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have uh, for a service department and for you guys and for rental, it's perfect. Mm. You can, you can do it in a heartbeat and and double check it before it goes out the door. You don't lose rental downtime because it has to go to, into a service Mm. queue. Mm. Yeah. What's the, just out of interest, what's the, um, Backpack, <coughs> the child adult backpack for the FX9 <laughs> worth. Does anyone know? Because that was about four grand. I thought it could be the catch up. Oh, I don't. Because if you really expensive for the seven, yeah, I don't know what it you, was actually. If um, you want raw, you have to buy that and a raw recorder. You're up for another six k, which there's a difference between that and yeah, the C500, which does do right. raw. It mm. is um, without a box and is anamorphic as well. The extension unit for the FX9 is two and a half thousand US, which is. Uh, roughly three thousand eight hundred Australian plus GST. So you're looking plus at four K. So four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not far off. Yeah. To get the V mount on it, mm. and that's only about twelve hundred on the Canon for their V mount. Mm. So you get that. And once, you have options. Yeah, on once, the Canon at least. Once you get both uh, boxes for both cameras, they're starting to come a lot closer in price. Yeah. Well, if you want to get a, sh- a a raw shooting package from the FX9, then you're probably yeah. going to end up. Paying more, more than yeah. the FX, than the C five hundred. See now, straight away, I'm just thinking from a rental point of view because I know a lot of people will buy the FX nine. I'll just buy the extension packs and oh, yeah, yeah, rent yeah, them. Rent out rent the same price as a camera. Oh, I don't yeah. think anyone's <laughs> going to want to use that stupid extension pack. It's so ridiculous. Uh, like to shoot raw, I think no. they will. Yeah, they'd but probably want to just rent a different camera. <laughs> to be honest, okay. we're at the you're stage surely it. now where where raws really got to be start yeah. in in the body. I mean the. 
the low-end cameras are all doing it. And then you, yeah. like Simon said, even in their own product line, low-end camera, FS5 doing raw. Yep. Straight out of Straight out of it. Not in camera, but straight out of it. Mm. Yeah, so. You know, is yeah. that just to protect the Venice? Is that just oh, to protect the It doesn't make any sense. No, because Venice needs they're, a raw they're, recorder too. But they're, oh God. Really? Does it need a conversion box as well? No. The, Jace, the Venice needs a raw recorder to, on the back like the RX9, was Like it? a codex type thing. Uh, like, you know, like the F55 and F5 did. I'm pretty sure it does. I'm not sure. Love if my assistant up. here, I could, I could ping my assistant. <laughs> all of them have done multiple <laughs> series. All of them have done um, multi-episode series mm. on, on the Venice and just can't say enough good stuff about it. And, mm, that's fantastic. Wow. and what they've done a lot with it, actually, mm. off off um off the subject but you know like the old um the ari the alexa m where you could split the body that you could buy that kit what do they call it the, i can't remember what the mm. kit they call for the the venice it's got a funky name where you can literally split you know take the sensor block yeah. off the front and split it and you know put the just put the front half on on a gimbal and uh, put the back half in your backpack yeah um but um no i don't know i'm afraid i don't i'm yeah. guessing so um, it's, called, it's called the Rialto. The Rialto, the, the recorder. The, the reco- the, the, uh, no, the breakout. The oh, breakout thing, right. the camera extension. So you take the sensor off. That's kind of cool. Mm. The um, uh, other thing we wanted to talk about uh, that's sort of just sort of switching gears a bit was anamorphic lenses and how there's a new budget APS-C anamorphic lens sort of just shown yes. its face? Yes, a company called Sui has uh, come up with a 50, just one lens um, at the moment and they'll expand it uh, in future, a 50mm uh, anamorphic compact compact lens. Um, anamorphic size, it's fucking tiny. Mm. Can you spell um, Sui for me? Um, S-I-R-U-I? Yep, that's it. Yeah, it's yep. Siri with a U in there yeah. somewhere. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced it right. Yeah. It's hard to commit to buying one if you're not really sure of the timeline or you know what other uh, lenses they're going to yes. make. If you just want to have one for fun, just go off and shoot a film clip on one lens. You know, if you want to obviously uh, keep yourself out, that's a bit hard to go for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're just testing the waters with this one, and I think that I, they chose a good. 50 mil I think is a good middle ground to mm. start with and yeah. yeah I think a lot of I mean the price is it's what seven it was 700 euros I believe which I don't know what that translates yeah. to Aussie 12, dollars 1300 I think yeah which is ridiculously cheap so I think yeah. for anyone who just wants to even yeah dip their toes into some anamorphic look-ish type stuff mm. um I think you know and I think this these kind of lenses up will become more popular and other companies will start to, you know, manufacture them I as well. So. And they're a 1.3 yeah. times squeeze. So 1.3, yes. It's a, it's a, yeah. So, look, I think, you know, don't, don't, oh, maybe borrow one from someone just to oh, check. Oh, yeah, think, absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, rent one, it's called a rent one. Yeah. <laughs> Where should we rent from, Glenn? Well, you can go to Digital Logic if you want and uh, rent one from me. I'll, I'll buy one this weekend. <laughs> Um, I just think the potential for disappointment on something that is only Super 35 and obviously only one lens at the moment and is only a 1.3 mm. squeeze, mm. part of, again, the character of, mm. of, of uh, well, obviously, if you want to create, um, you know, 235 imagery, that's a great way to do it rather than shooting 16 by 9 and then just crop top and bottom. Mm. But 
you know, part of the, part of the, the beauty of it is is the shallow and the bokeh and all that sort of stuff. And the more you get away from two to one and large sensor capture with anamorphic, the the, the, the less of that character you get. One point three. All my experience so far with looking at one point three converters and one point three lenses has been somewhat disappointing. Yeah, yeah right. Even on full frame, just because yeah. you just you know. It's not much of a stretch. Mm-hmm. So thus, the bokeh, the bokeh, the, you know, the overlized, you know, bokeh isn't isn't, isn't there as much because it obviously, it's, you know, it's 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 not as much of a it's stretch. Anamorphic light, and it only mm-hmm. it only uh, comes in a, a Sony yeah. E mount, yeah. Fujifilm X mount, and Micro Four Thirds mount. So right, so it's for smaller sensors. But yeah. it's covering well, Super Thirty Five. Just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, APS. Yes, that's right. But it's right. but I think it's okay. a start. I think it's I think this is a start of something that's going to become a thing among all of us yeah. <laughs> that we're all just going to be wanting, well, wanting to shoot on anamorphics. It, it, it wasn't the only – sorry, you got me. Well, I was just going to say anamorphic is you know, coming up a lot more, a lot mm. more accessible. It hasn't mm. – we're now getting sensor sizes that can do it full height. That This was kind of a bit out of reach of your everyday production and now there's companies like Atlas, Orion's that are putting yeah. out you know, well, let's call them affordable. Comparatively, they're yes. affordable anamorphics, and that means they're a lot cheaper to rent. And now we've got right. cost-effective cameras to get the full-blown anamorphic effect on. It, I think, it will be another tool in the bag to give you mm. an, a, a look to get get get. It will a, happen. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be the next. It's the next phase. You know, obviously, the, pro, the what we've. It, it's the next full frame has been. It's been the big jump we've been waiting to get in the higher end. Mm-hmm for a while mm. and that's just that's taken a while to sort of filter through and eventually and I think you know I think if the sort of history follows I think anamorphic is, is the next thing as well and Glenn you have mentioned in the past that it was one of the most requested things uh, that it drove you me insane absolutely insane to be honest because <laughs> everyone just all of a sudden I don't know what happened but it really was kind of an all of a sudden mm. that everyone went away from the uh the, the cooks and, the, you know, the minis and everyone's just like, no, I need anamorphics and I just uh, – and I know that some of the other rental houses sold their anamorphics. Oh, Yeah, they and okay. um, they uh, had to rebuy them um, about six months after they sold. Yeah, right. Wow. And, um, I, I tried to get a uh, quote for some hawk anamorphics and they just basically laughed at me via email and uh, – Said no, we're not even going to quote you up. So see you later. So really? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't even sell me. Wouldn't even wouldn't even give me a quote. So because they were like, I think I saw a set of hawks for sale fairly recently, actually. Oh really? So anyway, yeah, well, what sort of price was it? If I find the link, I'll let you know. Thanks, mate. But yeah, that is that is the next sort of. I mean, obviously, everyone's trying to, you know, improve their look. But mm. if it's if it's just obviously for TV or for TVCs, I think obviously cinema. You know, that, that's fine. They don't have any problem if you're shooting cinema. You don't all generally don't have a problem trying to get your hands on, on scope glass. But it's for the smaller short, short form. Mm. You know, one, two, five. You know, three, four, five, whatever a week's rental of stuff mm. that you know you you, you want to just chuck it on an Alexa Mini or a 4.3 for, for for a couple of days, that, that's where it's it's quite hard to mm. to find it, you know, where you don't quite have the leverage to be able to get a cheap rental deal. Well, I'd be interested to see with a company like Canon who makes shit tons of glass mm. and now making yeah. cameras that do anamorphic, is that their next step? Yeah, where we could get absolutely. Some Canon glass that goes, mm. that's anamorphic. Like it seems like it's all the unknown small 
companies that are picking up the slack there and mm. they're mm. making, you know, like they're, uh, they're seeing a gap in the market. At, yeah, well, Atlas mm. was a non-existent company before, yeah. and they've they've been but because very there's successful. been such a shortfall because mm. it's yeah. been hard to rent rent stuff. You mm. know, it's really hard to rent. It's really hard to to find good good glass. It's yeah. getting better all the time. But oh. there was definitely a time where you literally couldn't. You had to scour the world, and there was maybe one or two sets that yeah. you could want, even if you just wanted it for a short film. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Pe- um, and I keep hearing about the Atlas lenses. They keep they you know, keep popping up. They keep popping up. Mm. The yeah. last year or so, I keep hearing them all over the place. Yeah, Linda, you you shot something with. I shot a music video with them mm. um, not that long ago, yeah. uh, just to have it was it was actually a good, really good project mm. uh, to just have a play with them uh, because it was just a simple performance clip, mm. um, and very interesting. I feel like I've uh, drunk the cool, the cool, the anamorphic Kool Aid, and now I don't want to shoot anything There's else no but anamorphic now because um, I can. This is the, this the, is the problem. Of my existence. Yes, this is the problem. <laughs> this is what happens. And I get it now. I totally get it now because I, I see it now and. See, this is the full frame thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you know, everyone everyone got the taste of it with 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 five D, and then it's taken this long mm. for mm. you know everyone to catch up. And when now we have now literally only just you know within a matter of weeks we have full frame mm. you know production mm. options. Now this is this is the next this is the the, the next Kool Aid. Obviously, we're dealing with quite old technology here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, but but it's it's a look. That uh, has been otherwise been un- unachievable, yeah. um, uh, like full frame. I kind of feel like if anyone who's a photographer that's listening to this, they're like, "Oh God, these video guys are getting excited <laughs> over autofocus, full frame, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, all this right. stuff that's stuff that like, had for years, yeah, that they've had for yonks, and uh, we're getting all excited about all that stuff." Well, they're all moving on anyway. They're moving <laughs> yeah. on to uh, medium format, so they're that's all that's true. Yeah, they've, they've 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 always been snobs, the <laughs> photographers. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, apart from the how do you say the name of the Siri Siri Sui. there was also these new Vazen um, anamorphic lenses that were announced. Uh, they were announced a couple of weeks ago, but only um, announced. I haven't heard of those. Okay. Oh really? Oh, well, I, I'd say yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Micro four thirds only or something. So it's a yes, micro four thirds only. So that right. th- there's got to be something to that. Maybe it's easier or cheaper to make things for micro four thirds because of mm. something. But they make a um, it's a it's called a Vazen forty mil. Uh, T2.1, sorry, T2, 1.8 times anamorphic lens, and it's 3,250. If that was US. announced five years ago, they would have slaughtered it because there was no other mm. options. Now everyone's putting out full frame and yeah. mm. larger format cameras. That's, 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 not, that's, not, that's not bad, but mm. um, I've heard the – oh, I mean, I'll save judgment. I've, I've heard it's, it's not bad, but there's a few um, build quality issues, mm. but they might be pre-production models, so we'll wait to see how that goes. But that's – that's also a pretty reasonable mm. price for yeah. an anamorphic lens. So throwing it out there to you, cinematographer lads and ladies, well, you've already answered it because you said you're onto the uh, mm. anamorphic mm. train. So anamorphics or large format, like are you going uh, – If you uh, does it, is it horses for courses? Depending sure. Like I know I, I want the option mm. and I, I, I love being able to s- change the look and, 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 you know, build a look around something that, you know – If you were shooting a feature – Large format anamorphic thing. I'll take yep. it. Oh, if I had to choose. 65 mil large uh, format okay. anamorphic. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, that, that would obviously be the. But if I, had to, if I had to, you know, it'd be anamorphic. Yeah. If I had, you know, yeah. Is that just for like feature films or is that for anything? Is that oh, I'd TVCs? Love to, I'd or? love to have that option for everything, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It'd be awesome. Everything. And uh, vintage anamorphic. I've shot, I haven't shot much with anamorphic, but I shot something in Melbourne with um, Lomo. 
uh, round mm-hmm. round front anamorphics, yep. and um, I it was I loved it. I fell in love with it. It was so nice. You know what I keep hearing too is people get really excited with the old lenses that have got mold in them. Okay. They got a, they, they like it's got a certain look to it, the mouldy really? fungus kind of uh, oh, wow, look. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard that. The yeah. mouldy look. They love it. Yeah. They love it. It's got the, the I put mold in in post. The magic bullet uh, sweet. <laughs> There's Aged mold. Stu Mashwitz yep. will be right onto it. There's a material in yep. the old lenses that they can't use anymore because it's radioactive. Like, I can't remember what it's called, but that gave old lenses quite a vintage look that people love. Yeah. But they can't put that into new lenses. I can't I, remember what it's called. I can't remember if it's mold or fungus. <laughs> this is like the start of a superhero cinematography. Got it is. Radioactive mold in his lens. Do you know that vintage lenses <laughs> are, and then he could, uh, some vintage lenses are radioactive? And then he could see an anamorphic through his own eyes. Like, are they Russian lenses by any chance? Oh, oh, no, I think it's. I think it's a lot of a lot of a lot of lenses at the time. It was like the fluorite lens, or it was the anti-reflection coating, or something. I can't remember uh, now. Thor- it's the, called the, thorium the, oxide. Thorium, and um, yeah. uh, most lenses from the 1940s to the through to the 1970s were measurably radioactive because of that. And you're not allowed to mm-hmm. use thorium oxide anymore in lenses. Yeah, thorium. It just sounds radioactive. <laughs> That's classic. I did not know. Yeah, thorium. Yeah, definitely. Everyone will want it now. You watch. It'll be the new thing. Yeah, the new uh, Canon Chernobyls. They're going <laughs> to kill it. Um, some some, some uh, mouldy blue cheese from uh, around <laughs> Chernobyl. We've stuck it on the front of a Samira. Look all these replicas start yeah, appearing. <laughs> yep, unless you've got leukemia, you're just not you're just not doing it right. You're <laughs> not taking it from the team artistically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the other thing. Like, just if you had to go down that list, where you've got to go, you, Jace has already said he he wants the large format anamorphics. But if you're gonna, the, if you had to choose between just your Standard anamorphic, four three anamorphic, or full frame. Jace, do you have a preference there? Uh, or do or you mean or, or medium format? You mean? Yeah, like full, full frame or just not or standard anamorphic. Standard anamorphic on a, on a four three sensor. Uh, on well, spot, it depends on the it? size. Depends on the size of the sensor, I guess. Yeah, it's, if um, it was, um, yeah, it, uh, I, yeah, I think the ideal is. A uh, mini large format with anamorphics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. The, one of the things I was interested in. Uh, well, that's not answering your question. No, though. that's cool. <laughs> but these, you know, the, the, the whole vintage look has been, uh, you know, now a thing that's we used to find. Like I used to get that look with my old Nikon um, Zeisses that are a bit beaten up and got some character. And now there's brand new lenses all hitting the market that are uncoated and. Mm. You've got the Canon ones with a bit of a softer look. So now we're, we've 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 run the resolution race. We've got mm. 8K, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, pull this back a yeah. bit." Mm. Filtration, or now it's like, "No, well, let's get some lenses and really whack the shit out of it on the front." There. So we've kind of come full circle, haven't we? Yeah, in yeah. some ways. What's well, funny because when we were back in the film days, uh, the old lenses weren't so popular. They were becoming unpopular, and and. People were selling them. I remember mm. someone said to me that this was years and years and years ago, but a set of Zeiss Ultra Primes sold for like fifteen grand or something right. like when they weren't being used anymore. Yeah, and now they're how worth, much they're worth? 100? They're worth uh, over a hundred thousand. Yeah, hundred twenty. Uh, and they're the most some of the most popular lenses around. Um, right. Now that we're even yeah. old super speeds, you know, yeah, yeah, very 
very hard to get and very popular and expensive. Yeah, yeah. And there was a time where they were less expensive and less popular, but because of the sharpness of the digital sensors now, mm. people um, people just want to take the edge off, soften it. I, and I, then, I want yeah, that they're too. not coated as well. Yeah, mm. they're sort of flary. They're not mm. as digital. I think a lot of the problem is, you know, in the, the recent brace, we're so blessed with so many options of Sigmas and Canons and um, Tekinas and everything. Um, but some of them are just, you know, just your fingers will bleed. They're so sharp. Some of these lenses yeah. are just so, I, I, I can definitely, if I put some of my other lenses, if I go off, off, you know, off the reservation with some of my other lenses and put like, a re- I think I've got a really wide, some really wide Tekina or something and put that on there just to get it just for one, like really super wide shot. And man, suddenly it's like, what, who, who flew, who put an, who put an extra LUT on? It's right. like all of a sudden, it's like incre- just suddenly twice as contrasty and yeah. three times as sharp. It's yeah. just, yeah, and, and old Mick, and new glass. And Mickey really. said that Canon, they released their Sumire Sim- mm-hmm. uh, vintage-style lenses and then Sigma has announced oh, yeah. theirs. Sigma they're, have got their new, their new classic, whatever they're called. Yeah, classic. classic uh, yeah, what was it? I kind of, it's um, uh, the classic lenses, yeah. It's classic lenses, um, yeah. Which, Which I'm quite excited wow. about. Yeah, the only weird thing about that name is they are not <laughs> as, they're not as fast as their other lenses. So they're two point they're t two point fives. Um, right. So, but I read something that there the, that's the t the f stop is still the same, but the transmission's yeah. different because it gets knocked yeah, around. Yeah, the coating. <gasps> really, the only difference in the coating, coating that does yeah. that. So you'll still get the characteristics of depth of field of the one point eight. That's that's blown my mind. Okay, that's interesting. That's right, isn't right. it, Jace? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's just numbers on the side. It's the same same sure. glass oh, with different really? coating. Really, I, I, oh. that affects the transmission of the I, light. Through. Okay, right. I'd need to. Where, where do you reckon? Well, it's um, partly inspired by a project Matt Duclos did, where he took one of the lenses and basically shook. I think he took all the coatings off every one of the elements. And oh. I think then there's been a little bit of a little bit of um, you know obviously they've 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 leapt on that, but then maybe they've done a little bit of internal cooking where they've maybe taken some of the coatings off some parts of the elements and done a little bit of hit. The the footage I've seen though from them it looks mm, gee uh, I like some flares and milking and all that sort it of stuff but man extreme. I think they are not I don't think they're your everyday lenses eventually mm. you're going to get caught out mm. someone passes a window and then oh you suddenly can't see anybody's expression yeah yeah it looks think, extreme really oh it's it's uh, extreme is great until it's not mm. until someone has a problem until you can't see something that you really want to or a mm. client has a problem or or you know or you you personally creatively you know a little bit of character is lovely yeah i thought the same um, thing when i saw the video i thought wow that's going to be hard to just i think it's milking i don't just see a whole bunch of Are you lovely about the amazing yeah. okay oh, yeah i thought i thought that looked i'm good. i'm curious to try them because if you can mm. control that with a matte box and go, okay, we're back to kind of something a bit more manageable, mm-hmm. then I'd be curious to see also if they lit that in a way that every shot's going to maximise what's yeah. hitting. Th- there was a shot in the video, the launch video, where a, a girl walks past a window and the window is yeah. just yeah. milking that was, the whole that was, that was That was the point for me. I went, yeah, no, can't, I, I can't. Yeah. can't do that. I'm going to get roasted on set. Yeah, for that I want to point, point to a window and have a nice little glow to it, but not just completely over... Right. Uh, over right. um, it's, it's like you right. it's like you've gone too heavy with the you know, with, yeah. with 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 promis kind of filtration right. or something. 
Okay. It's very. I'll have to look it at was, it again. It's not, that's nothing. Anything you're going to be able to do <laughs> anything with map boxes. I believe. I'm, it's I'm a, sure they'll be lovely though. It's a set mm. of ten that's not for sale individually and aimed at rental houses as well. So that might be something. Yeah, you guys. Hint, I think hint. it's a. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's definitely an effects an effects set. You're going to want it as a special. You know, you're going to want to have your normal set, and then you're going to want to have that, and then you can kind of maybe mix and match. Mm. You know, I couldn't I couldn't rent out any Sigma lenses at all. Like everyone hated them. Until the art series came out, the art mm. series are great. It really got them back in the game. I would, I would literally have people turn up and they'd want a twenty-four to seven Canon, and I'd be like, I don't have any left, and they'd be like, Well, I got a, I got a Sigma, and they're like, No, nah, don't want it. It really changed. I think the CEO changed that point. There, there was a long-time CEO that, that, right, that passed yeah. away, and oh, someone else took okay. over. Yeah, it was there for a long time, and they really um, just changed the direction they of the got business. Back in the game, real quick. Oh yeah, yeah they, they did. They, the art really, series were really good. They're really. Up there now. Yeah, I, I, I like them. I've got a set of art series mm. stills lenses and I use them sometimes yeah. on, on video mm. um, and I just find them, yeah, to be quite very, nice. Very nice, yeah. Um, and what else were we going to talk about there? Uh, um, just quickly, I think, um, light tubes or tube lights. Mm. Right. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> there's a few of these. Which are they, Linda? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these LED tubes that yes. have hit the... Um, they have totally come a long way. Those light yeah. tubes, battery powered. You can daisy chain them. That you can make them unicorn coloured, as in rainbow coloured. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> that's your favourite colour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can have you know a massive disco with one one baton. They're controllable with iPhones and mm, syncable. It's and crazy. So what what brands are there? There's the uh, Astera. Astera is the is the Big Daddy, well, that is the expensive and they're sort of more pro. But, man, there is some killer, much more expensive, much more, much cheaper options. So, the yeah, the, the Astera, um, well, they make a whole bunch of tubes. But um, I think the Helios and Titans and things, that's what I've used. And they are just incredible. You, you were but saying I think the- yes, yesterday I just used, there was uh, yesterday um, we just used the, what did I see? I, um, the N- Pavo light. I'm not going to. It's another Chinese name, Nanguang. Yeah, I know the brand. Nanguang Pavo light, and they were yes. good too. And they seem seem have all the same functionality. Seem to be similar brightness and things. Yeah, um, I didn't know my cousin I'm not sure made about battery life. <laughs> 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 so, you get a cut of that. <laughs> um, these, um, yeah, but, I've actually got one of their LED. I have a, a that brand. I don't know how to pronounce. It, I'm not going to try, but I've got one of their fake ice lights. It's always been. Good and mm-hmm. handy. So that they were huge renters. The yeah, ice lights. Ice light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The old the old back seat back seat of the car. Mm. Everyone just wanted the ice lights for the back seat of the car shop. Yeah. But did you find, uh, Jace? Did you find that that was on par with the? Uh, have you used an uh, I only had very very limited. I think maybe brightness. I you know it was very just academic. The, the gaffer said, "Look, yeah, this is what we have." Look, to be honest, the the, the sets for the the Astero sets. Basically, come in quite a big kit, and you got sort of four or five of those for for like ten thousand dollars mm-hmm. versus the um, the uh, the Pavo light ones. You can get a whole kit of four and with brackets and charges and things for like a thousand dollars. So you know, a tenth of the price. Um, I'm I'm not sure the brightness difference, but I'll, I'll 
on the whole, it seemed to be seemed to work well. I had control of you know got control of the RGB. You got control of you know all the usual stuff of being able to you know have the usual all the modes on there. You know turn them into a cop light. They're really great just for effects things as well. Just mm. for, I find them great for car jobs or for process things. You want just a flickering light or a pulsing thing or a fire light or a police light. Um, strobe stuff, random flashes, lightning strikes, those kinds of things. They're they're incredibly good. We were doing a lot of stuff, walking and talking with the Steadicam through tight hallways, so I really needed a way to be able to really um, get some light right in, in front of someone's face and, and uh, without you know without breaking the gaffer's back trying to hold a, a very heavy light mm-hmm. on, on a pole. Mm-hmm. Um, get a skylight in. The way these things are going is having these light, really light panels and you know, my, my sound guy was actually telling me that he was on a, a show the other day that uh, in the States and they his boom operator was battling two other boom operators, both from the electrics department, both with panels on 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 booms. Mm. Right. So there was like three boom, three booms to worry about reflections, three booms to worry about shadows, and, and oh, yeah, and yeah. he was having trouble getting his sound, getting getting actual sound because he was battling battling boom ops. These whole, uh, just the not even just the tube lights, but just the last you know little bit where we've had RGB lights with the Kino Select 30s with the Ari Sky panels. Mm. Now we've got the F and V RGB options as well. Yeah. And they oh, are yeah. it's just so quick and easy to get those like mm. effects that can really upsell a thing. Like we did a music video last year where we had to make a car look like a cop car, but we didn't have the lights for the top, I believe. We sky had panel. we just got Fantastic. a sky panel yeah. just on oh, Put it yes. just outside the yeah. lens with the white cop car in so shot. Right. We just had it running in the store the whole time. Like, <laughs> it just sold the, the whole siren. effect, yeah. Yeah. you know. It totally. So did. if you're wanting to turn your car into, if you'd like to get arrested, <laughs> you'd like to turn your car into a cop car. I've always wanted to. Um, the LED. Try the. <laughs> That's it's, um, it. Yeah, so LEDs have just come a long way. Uh, gone are the days uh, of using gels now. Where are those companies now? I feel a bit bad for them. We still sell gels. I'll be right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're still... still Off-cuts. Off-cuts. Donated bits and pieces. Yeah, I I do use gels a lot, but I use the F&V, the new 3x1 RGB one the other day on a shoot, and um, it was a dream. It was so handy. Mm. It was Mm. so good. Mm. Just to be able to dial in any colour you want. Um you know, and not have to unroll all my gels and yeah. pick the right colour. And That's right. So we've know. got auto colours, we've got auto focus, we've got auto we stabilisation. Yeah. We won't have to do anything. No, dialing yeah. it in soon. Well, you know, this is the, 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 the great thing that when you've got a client who who looks at the monitor and loves that what you've just spent hours lighting and, and tweaking <laughs> and they get a great camera. That camera is so good. We might hire someone cheaper, but with the same camera next time. The same. The beautiful meal. What oven do you use? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Perfect analogy. It is. Use that. That's great. God. Well, look, guys, we're um, at the end of it now. I think we've uh, run out of time. I just wanted to thank everyone for uh, coming along to be on this panel. It's always a pleasure. And we'll just uh, find out what everyone's uh, social handles are. Glenn, are you on social media? Yeah, just go to the Instagram for digitalogic underscore digitalogic underscore. And uh, we'll hook you up with some fantastic new rentals as soon as I decide which one to buy. Yeah. (laughs) Linda, where are you? Um, I'm on Instagram as well, um, at Linda Ong. And my website is uh, lindaong.com. Simon. Uh, Instagram, S. 
underscore Culloden underscore DOP. Check the show notes for the spelling of that. Yep. Have um, we got show notes? Yeah, Whoa. the show notes even. It's fully professional. And Jason, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Jace Wingrove, and also my website, uh, wingrove.tv. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm uh, just at Mick Jones on uh, Instagram. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you again on the next one. Thank you. Cue the 70. Clark Lane is produced by Filthy Look Films. You can find us on Instagram at Filthy Look Films.